We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Thunder fans? It is your boy, Taylor Peterson. Probably know me on Twitter as at Taylor underscore P15. I am here tonight with your post-game podcast to recap the Thunder's big win against the Atlanta Hawks. They won 124-109. to 109. It's thunderstorming outside right now. Getting, a little, uh, getting started a little late on this because me and the wife were watching News on 6, seeing if we were going to get destroyed by a tornado November 30th here in Oklahoma because, you know, uh, classic Oklahoma. We have snow like two weeks ago. And today, we on November 30th, uh, I guess you could call it December Eve, we have tornado warnings and thunderstorm warnings. That's just your typical Oklahoma. But it's kind of symbolic on this this week's group pod earlier this week about kind of the craziness that is the Wild Wild Western Conference. And uh, the Clippers are one of those teams that have been playing really, really well but we don't necessarily, and if you listen to a lot of like national uh, media, national basketball writers, The Ringer, ESPN, there's a lot of guys who don't feel like that'll last. But the Clips are a solid team. Um, but regardless, so are the Thunder. They're playing really well right now. Per the Thunder, they are 12 and three right now for the month of November, tied for best in the league with Toronto. So they had a, a hell of a month, which is just really, really exciting. Uh, the, particularly because they had a lot of injuries during that time. You know, uh, Russ's injury, he was coming back towards the beginning of November, but we had Diallo go down. We had Ferguson go down. We still haven't had Dre. You know, there's been a lot of craziness thrown in here, and I'm about to get into that. I think uh, a couple th- points I want to start out with before we jump into the game. Today we had some bad news, some more bad news on Andre Robertson. Uh, this is 
from Royce Young. He was the first to tweet out, or at least the first that I saw. Um, I have his notifications on year-round. And uh, I got the tweet while I was at work today that per a Thunder spokesperson, Andre Robertson suffered another setback. And this was yesterday. You know, we saw those videos that Eric Horn, some of the people of the Oklahoma were posting. He looked really good. In fact, Eric Horn even went far enough to write an article about how good he looked and how he looks like he, he could be back fairly soon when he's, re, he's supposed to be reevaluated sometime next week. And, uh, you know, he was dunking. He, he seemed to be cutting fairly well. It was really exciting. But apparently after that workout yesterday, started experiencing some more discomfort. Uh, he had an MRI that revealed a small avulsion fracture in his knee, and he'll be reevaluated in another six weeks, which is just awful news. Basically what that means is the tendon in his knee pulled away a bone fragment. Uh, this is kind of weird, but I actually had something similar happening to my middle finger um, in football in eighth grade. I, I like jammed it really bad. Uh, I went down low for a low pass. I caught it and I jammed my middle finger. And that tendon and that top knuckle part of your, your finger, it, it pulled a part of that bone away. So it was something similar. I kind of relate uh, on a much lesser, less extreme scale, obviously, because my eighth grade football team didn't need me nearly as much as Andre Ro or as the Thunder need Andre Robertson. <laughs> However, um, that was just, I think, a good comparison and can kind of help. It's not good news. He really wasn't doing a whole lot. He was just being an explosive, but you know, obviously he didn't have anybody on him. Uh, Billy Donovan had a really good quote yesterday talking about how just getting him back into game shape is so much different than doing what he was doing yesterday because you're going through screens. There's a lot of contact. That contact, you know, you have to be in, in better shape and be more prepared for that contact. You know, we kind of saw it with Alex Abrinas coming back uh, with his injury, which we'll get into a little later. Anyways, really bad news for Dre. Um, I have a Twitter question that I'll talk if I if that asked me if I think he'll be back this season. I'll get into that in a second. But anyways, uh, we got bad news start off the night or start off the day. Excuse me. Um, then Diallo, we finally got some good news. Billy Donovan told reporters pregame that Diallo is back with no minute restrictions. However, Billy wanted to use him in a limited role today. He mentioned like you know at the end of quarters, maybe if somebody got into foul trouble. Um, but we end up not seeing Diallo at all today. He he hasn't had a, a full practice, a full contact practice since his injury. But regardless, the fact that he was cleared to play today is just incredible news because when we watched that that uh, injury here last week, you know, a little over a week ago against the Warriors that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, we were devastated because we we really thought until we got the news that later that night we thought that Diallo was going to be out for the season. So, anyways, that that's really good news. We didn't end up seeing him tonight. So, jumping into tonight. I'll try and go through this kind of quickly because I know that intro was kind of long, but I felt like those were important important topics to cover, particularly if we aren't able to uh, group pot again until later next week uh, or early next week. But, you know, the first quarter, I don't have a whole lot other than uh, the biggest thing I think that happened was we, we had an early Nader warning. And no, not the tornadoes outside, but it was Abdul Nader. He, he got some early first quarter minutes. He took – he's taken over that TLC role. You know, TLC hasn't really been playing well. Uh, Billy's noticed that he's pulled him, you know, TLC kind of got some of these, these minutes over the past, like two weeks since Ferg and Diallo have been down. He's kind of come in to help, uh, help give some of these guys a rest. Um, but he hasn't been playing well, basically the past two or three games. And so we saw, uh, a couple games ago where Nader actually got in got some, some solid minutes in the fourth quarter. I think he put like seven minutes last game, but tonight he actually uh, got in early. So that was, that was really interesting. He didn't do anything too huge, but he gets some solid minutes. And I think it's just really telling that he's getting those TLC minutes. Like I said, other than that, Thunder started out really strong. They were feeding Stevens. They, uh, Steven in the post, they were 
moving the ball in transition. They were playing decent defense. Um, but then the Hawks started making shots around mid-first quarter. Thunder started missing, and it got a little ugly there at the end, kind of sloppy. Second quarter happens. Nerlens Noel came out, and I mean he had an incredible game, which I'll get into later, but he played great. He had a steal, three blocks, six points, five rebounds, all in six minutes. He was a huge spark off the bench for us, which is just, you know, it's so big for this team having spark plugs like Noel, Diallo, Bert, I know Diallo's been hurt, but Burton, guys like that who can come in and give this team a, a much needed spark is just incredible. Um, Patrick Patterson was 0-14 from the field, 0-14 from three in his last six games, but he hit a three this quarter, that second quarter from Schroeder's assist, hit his first three, and that would continue. Um, the Thunder went on a 13-0 run the second quarter. They uh, they really got a huge spark when Russ came back in at 917. Uh, they went on an 18-8 run. I think that included part of that 13-0 run, but ultimately it became an 18-8 run with nine points from Russ. Uh, that was on a mix of like catch-and-shoot three-pointers and some strong finishes against contact. You know, he was driving to the hole. He looked great. He was hitting the open shooters. We saw PG, you know, he kind of caught some fire, hit, hit two threes in a row towards the end of the quarter um, from that rust penetration and kicking it out to to the open shooter, which happened to be PG. Uh, I, I think, or it wasn't P-Pat, excuse me, but, um, you know, Russ found a brand. Russ hit a couple three of his owns. It was just, it was a really exciting second quarter. Really kind of sparked the thunder, got them going. They finished the half really strong. Um, you know, they, they ended up leading, leading 66 to 46 of the half, ended up going up by 20 PG had 19 points in the, in the first half. Russ had 15, five, uh, five assists and three rebounds. Or I might have that backwards. <laughs> Adams had six and eight. Trey young really struggled. It was really Alex Lynn off the bench was a leading scorer for the, the Hawks out of halftime. There was a lot of positive things that the Thunder had 15 team assists at half and only three of those were from Russ. And that just shows you how much more people are getting the ball this season. You know, it's not just Russ dominating the ball. Not only is he sharing it, but the Thunder are getting better. It, it's, it's generating better looks. These guys are getting more touches, and it's leading to more, like I said, open looks and more shots, um, whether that's outside like we saw tonight or even under the basket like we saw last game, you know, with with Jeremy Grant and Steven down low. Um, I thought that was a really interesting set that I wanted to add in there. So then we have the third quarter. Alex Abrinas. Si Senor, he is back. He continued to hit his three-pointers. Uh, you know, the Hawks started out strong. They got down to a 10-point game. Thunder came out sloppy, which is something we might have expected last year during a, the beginning of a third quarter, but not as much this year. They come out, you know, really strong at halftime and kind of have have shook that bad habit of theirs that they had last season. But tonight, it, it kind of reoccurred. You know, they look kind of sloppy, took their, their foot off the gas, but then Abrinas hits a three, another three, and I think that was his third or fourth at that point. And that kind of stopped that momentum. You know, uh, something else that happened during the third quarter, which actually, thankfully, Russ was able to funnel this into a, a positive and was able to funnel this into his game rather than, you know, getting frustrated with the refs or players. But he got teed up. He tossed the ball at the Hawks bench. It wasn't really a throw. You can call it a throw. He's kind of He kind of tossed it over there as if he were to, uh, the way I would describe it is if he were to toss it to the ref and said he tossed over towards the, the Hawks bench. And it was intentional. He went for a ball. He got in a battle for the ball with DeAndre Bimbry of the Hawks. They called a T on Russ and also a T on Vince Carter who was sitting on the bench. They kind of started jawing. But the best part of all of this was immediately after, after they, they shot their free throws, Russ gets the ball. He hits a post fadeaway over Bimby, who he had just gotten that little tussle with. He immediately points at him, and then he jaws back at the Hawks bench and rocks the baby at Vince Carter. And it was just perfect. It was the perfect rock the baby, one of my favorites of the season. I'm loving this this Russ, this uh, this new celebration. 
And then, you know, at this point, um, they had 20 points, or uh, sorry, at this point, at the end of the, uh, end of the third quarter, they had 20 points on 14 of the Hawks turnovers. So the Thunder were playing with pace. They really got it going towards the second half of the third quarter. And they looked really good. Fourth quarter, Patrick Patterson hit his second three-pointer. Alex then tied his career high with six three-pointers. Pat hits his third three-pointer, and then Alex would ultimately um, break his record and end up with seven, a career-high seven three-pointers. Just some really, really good shooting from the two guys that we've been talking about, not just us, other Thunder podcasts, you know, that you guys probably listened to have been talking about how Patterson and Abrinas were supposed to be the two best shooters on this team, and they've really been struggling as of late. Both of them showed up tonight, and that's so big for this team. So just some themes I have from this game, and then also, you know, some, some things to look look forward to moving forward is Abrinas. Like I said, he had a new career high. It was seven made three pointers. It was kind of funny. He gave a little uh, Michael Jordan shrug after his last one, which is pretty awesome. Instead of the beer rub, switched it up with the MJ shrug. But one thing that was really cool about Abrinas' big night, you know, this is his first big game back since his injury. He's really been struggling. Looked like he had his legs legs under him quite a bit better. You know, obviously he's hitting his shots, but his defense also looked quite a bit better. I, w- I don't know if I would say it was quite as good as it was at the beginning of the season, but he he's still staying in front of defenders and it's so much better than last season. He's playable and he's, he's startable. Like we saw tonight, I don't even know if that's a word. Probably just made that up, but uh, <laughs> but I'm excited. So so give me a break. But uh, you know he started tonight, and uh, you can continue to start him, particularly with Dre out. Um, I'll get into that a little later. You know the how with Dre being out, um, how they can sustain that, but. Abrinas and Diallo and Ferg, that's the main reason. And Abrinas played really well on both sides tonight, I thought. But anyways, the, the, the big thing about his game was he did it with his grandma and both of his parents in town. Obviously, his wife is in town, but I think maybe she always is. But regardless, his entire family was in town. Um, and his grandma watches every game per the bro- uh, FS Sports broadcast. They said she watches every game on the NBA app over in Spain, which, you know, is probably a huge time difference. Um, but she still watches every single game. And she got to come in person. His parents got to come and see Alex go off for a career high, which is just so exciting. I'm really happy for him. Let's hope that continues. Um, the th- Speaking of three-pointers, though, the Thunder attempted 41 three-pointers, but they made 18 of them. You know, that's that's pretty good, particularly for this team, who's been one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the entire league this season. Uh, P-Pat was three of eight. Like I mentioned, he's finally found his shot again. We'll take that from Patterson, particularly off the bench. You know, if he can hit three three pointers every night, that's that's big. Brandon's was seven eleven, like a seven of eleven, like I mentioned. Uh, Russ was two of four. He only took four three pointers, but he was fifty percent, and we'll take that from him every game because he did so much other, so much else other than just that. And then PG was three of eight. And, you know, they the, th- the biggest thing is the tenor continued to generate good looks. They did that even the past couple games when they haven't been making their, their three point shots. Um, they just have con- generated these good looks all season and. On nights like tonight when they fall, they're a dangerous team. The Thunder, they hit their free throws as well. They're 14 of 15 from the line. That's something you know that this team has really struggled with, particularly the past two seasons, and that's one bad habit that's really kind of continued into this season. They hit 14 of 15, which is huge. So just to kind of go into some individual stat lines, Russell Westbrook was the leading scorer with 23 points. Uh... It was pretty balanced, though, because he, he he wasn't the leading scorer by much, but he had 23, 9 rebounds, 10 assists. He was that close to another triple-double. He was 8 of 15 from the, field, for, for, from the field overall, which is very efficient. Again, he's playing really efficient basketball right now. So shout-out to all the Russ haters, uh, Cal, Cal, Cowherd and uh, Bill Simmons and 
the entire ringer staff because they have to be to work for Bill Simmons. And, you know, um, he was two of four from the three points, like the three point line, like I mentioned, five of six from the free throw line, which might be the biggest stat right there. Meanwhile, uh, Brinez was the second leading scorer, which is awesome. He had 21 points, uh, two rebounds, one assist. He didn't attempt a, a field goal outside the three point line, which I love. That's perfect. That's, that's what we want from Alex. Um, he played 25 minutes. He only had two fouls. He was a, a plus seven. Russ was a plus 18. Um, so then next we have Steven Adams. He only had six points. You know, when guys like went like Abrinas are hitting shots and Russ and PG and Noel and Patterson and, you know, he's not going to get as many points, but he had 13 rebounds, three assists. He was three to seven from the field. You know, he's not scoring particularly well these past couple games, but he just does so much for this team. It's so critical for us. Um, you got to love Steven. Another guy who didn't have a big night on stat line, but just continues to impress us so much, uh, particularly from when he first came here with the Thunders, Jeremy Grant. You know, we've been talking so much about him. He's finally getting national attention. Um, Zach Lowe talked about him in his ten, his weekly 10 things that he likes and dislikes. Uh, Jeremy Grant was one of those things that he likes. You know, people are finally starting to catch on to how big Jeremy Grant is for this team, particularly when he's hitting three-pointers. You know, he only attempted three. He hit one of them tonight. He was two of five from the field, so it wasn't his most efficient night. Or, excuse me, he didn't really get a lot of touches. But, you know, he had five points, three rebounds, one assist. Just played some really good basketball. Uh, and he continues to play well. Paul George, he had 20 points. Five rebounds, three assists. He was six of fourteen from the field, three of eight. He made all of his free throws. Five of five from the line. Um, he did have four fouls, so he's got to be careful with that because they're calling it on him a lot. You know, he's an aggressive defender, so we have to be careful about that. But he had two steals. Um, he had three turnovers. Steven had three. Russ had five. I'm just kind of going through a stat line here. Another one, obviously, we have to mention is Nerlens Noel. Fourteen points, six rebounds off the bench. He only missed one field goal. He was six of seven from the line, hit both of his free throws. He had uh, three steals, two blocks, which just all over the place. You know, he was a plus 15 tonight. And, you know, plus minuses can be kind of deceiving sometimes, but in this case, it certainly wasn't. He was all over the place. He was huge. He gave us a huge spark on the bench, like I mentioned earlier, um, which was really big for this team. And if Noel continues to play like this and it can stay healthy, I mean, it's incredible kind of seeing the 360, another 360 that the Thunder have done with the, one of their players, with their player development. Um, with Noel, he he be right up there with Enos Cantor and Dion Waiters, um, you know. Maybe they can take on another project in the future. Rather, I'm not saying Markel Fultz, but like a Markel Fultz type, you know. Um, that's really really cool, and I hope this continues because he's been huge for us. Like I said, Patterson actually had 13 points. He was four or nine from the field, three of eight from three pointers. Hit both of his free throws. Nader, uh, he only got he got another seven minutes tonight, and that's a little inflated because he got some garbage time in at the end, but. He had two rebounds. You know, he only shot once. Um, he can hold his own in there. And then you have Schroeder, who you can kind of tell he was pretty fired up for this game against his home, his home or his ex team. Um, he before the game, uh, I noticed yesterday on his Instagram story, he had a contest that he had been hyping up all week, saying that he was going to post a question and the winner would get a signed jersey. Um, well, the game that the question that he posted just happened to be for this game against his little team. Then he comes out; you could tell he's pretty amped. And then, you know, at the end of the first half, he got pretty upset about a no call, and then which was he was justified. But you could just tell he's he's very excited for this game. He wanted to play well, and he did. He actually was a game high plus twenty one on the night. He had eighteen points, three rebounds, eight assists. I mean, those are starting point guard numbers for most team. And he came off our bench. He played 28 minutes. Uh, he was 8 of 15 from the field, just like Russ was, he, except he was 2 of 6 from three point from the three-point line. I don't like him taking six three-pointers. I wish he would tone that down a little bit. 
uh, take a couple more twos because he could have easily had another 20, 21 points had he just driven to the basket on some of those instead of the threes or maybe cut for a backdoor pass, looking for a backdoor pass. You know, I, I feel like uh, Shooter shouldn't be taking that many threes. But regardless, I mean, having that off the bench, Shooter is, he's not getting much national attention. I talked about Jeremy Grant finally getting national attention, but um, I feel like Shooter should be getting some national attention for six man of the year because he's just been great for us. He's finally, I mean, I say that. I mean, like Bobby Marks and Woj on, on the Woj pod, they talked about Shooter being possibly the biggest acquisition for a team this summer. And, uh, you know, Presti having the, the best acquisition for the summer. So he is getting a little bit of attention, but he's just been so big for us. And that was, that was really cool to see. So finally, you know, I talked a little bit about Noel, but I just wanted to, I had, this is my last bullet point that I wanted to mention. He was just, he was all over the place. He provided great energy in both halves, played 14 minutes. And then uh, this is a stat from Brett Dawson, who used to cover the Kentucky Wildcats before he came over uh, as a beat writer for the Thunder with Oklahoma. Now he's with the Athletic. But he said for a while during one of Noel's years at Kentucky, he was on a pace to break AD school record for single season block shots and rondos for single season steals. So here's the thing. And here's why I added that is this just shows you that Noel has been doing this. He's capable of what he's doing this season for the Thunder, but he's been in bad situations. He has not been in the right situation. Uh, Presse was able to recognize that, was able to re recruit him, get some of his players to recruit him to come, and trust in his staff and the development uh, abilities of his staff, and it's paid off. So... I guess the last thing I have, a couple Twitter questions. Um, I didn't have very much, which is good because I've gone a little long tonight. You know, I, I kind of had those in there just in case. Um, let's see here. This is bad podcasting because I have to pull up Twitter. But going to my tweet, um, one, the first one I have is from our guy Kamiar. He is currently driving down to OU, or excuse me, down to Texas for the OU-Texas game in Dallas at Jerry World with uh, our other guy, Jacob. Um, they're going to be going there, obviously, with their horns up hashtag horns up for peace shout out eddie uh, radosevich is that how you say it i probably completely butchered that but regardless horns up for peace this is a serious movement that's affecting a lot of people yeah <laughs> so he asked uh boomtown tell me why oklahoma state sucks well um i'm just gonna keep this simple going back to um my younger days when my dad was raising me as an ou fan he said that osu stands for old stinky underwear so that is why oklahoma state stinks sorry nick uh let's see i had one more twitter question i'm trying to find it oh here it is um conway tweeter at conway underscore tweeter asked me question for tonight's recap percentage chance that dre doesn't play at all this season and that's why i kind of wanted to save uh the some of the dre talk for now rather than talking about it all up front i'm going to say it is a 30% chance that he plays and a 70% chance that he does not. And here's why. I think that his body, uh, that knee is just, it, it's not strong. It's not strong enough to go through that contact. Talked about that Billy quote, talking about going through contract. It, it, that's like an extra step to to get back into basketball shape. Um, I think he, Billy was referring to Abrinas there, but I don't think Dre can get back to that in time. You know, he's going to be reevaluated another six weeks. That's going to put him into January. Best case scenario, he's back maybe around all-star break. And then you can start to incorporate him in maybe. And, you know, then by then you have a couple or yeah, I guess you'd have a couple months until the end of the season and right before playoffs. So if you could get Dre back to peak Dre, I mean, that would be incredible. I'm just skeptical that he's had two set setbacks already. One was from stitches or whatever, but I just feel like he's very susceptible to another injury. 
and particularly with the play of our other wings, like I mentioned, Abrinas tonight stepping up. You have Diallo, who's been incredible this season. Um, you have Ferguson, who's who's turning out to be a great two-way player after a, a rough start. You know, if he can come back healthy and can really get going, that. And then you have guys like Deontay Burton and Abdul Nader and TLC. This is one of the deepest teams, particularly in the wing position that we've had ever in Thunder history. We were just talking about that in Slack the other day. When you have that, I don't know if it's worth rushing Dre back, particularly if it's that big of a risk. You know, wouldn't you rather just have him rest up the rest of the season, all next season, and pull a Jeremy Lin, who had a year and a half of rehab and was able to come back, and now he's a normal basketball player, or maybe an above-average basketball player again, or at least average. Um, regardless, you know, if Drake had that time period, I think he could. That he's going to have a better chance to get back to where he was, is what I'm getting at. And I, I'm just not sure if it's worth risking it for this season, particularly when you have your future core already locked up long-term um, and have a lot of potential this season anyways with these wings. So th that's all I have. Those were only Twitter questions I had tonight, uh, but I thought they were really good. I actually went a little long anyways, so... Um, I didn't really need all that that much, so I apologize. But thank you guys for listening to me ramble. We have a lot of fun with this stuff. It was a fun game to cover. I'm um, really glad the, the, the Thunder won. Let's see, looking ahead, going back here, they have the uh, three-game road trip coming up. Hopefully we're going to have both Ferg. We will have Diallo, it sounds like. Hopefully we'll also have Ferg. It looks like he's going to, to should be ready at least at some point next week. Have the Pistons on Monday, have the Nets on Wednesday, and the Bulls on Friday before coming back home for the Jazz uh, a week from this coming Monday. So another kind of relatively easy, easy stretch will be nice to kind of get these guys back into shape, get, get everybody healthy, so that way when our schedule gets tough again, um, I believe according to tankathon.com, Thunder had the second hardest schedule moving forward. So it's about to pick up here, particularly around the new year. Uh, we, we've got to be healthy and really humming and on another win streak going into this. And you know, that would help a lot. So anyways, that's all I got tonight. Thank you guys again for listening to me. Sorry I went a little long. Thunder up. Have a great week. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home, and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.